You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 259 of Podcateers. The wait is over. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is officially open, and Melissa and I give you our initial thoughts on the new land. Plus, Mel takes us around the park and tells us about entertainment throughout the history of the resort. If you can't get enough of that sweet, sweet Galaxy's Edge talk, we'll be talking about it a little bit more next week when Gavin is back to get his thoughts on it. But if you've had a chance to check it out and want to share how you felt, you can join the conversation by leaving a comment in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 259 or by connecting with us on our social networks by searching for Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. A huge thank you as always goes out to the FGP squad for helping make these episodes of Podcateers possible through their support via Patreon. This month, we're going to start giving back to the FGP squad with exclusive giveaways, special live streams, and more. If you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, head over to podcateers.com FGP. If you'd like to help out the podcast but can't join the FGP squad, a great way to help out is by using our special link the next time that you need to buy something from Amazon. Before your next purchase, head over to podcateers.com Amazon, and on that page, you'll find a large Amazon button that will take you to their page using our special referral link. And anything that you buy will earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on this podcast. If you're already doing this before each purchase, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank you as well i know i know what you're thinking enough of this let's get to the talkie talkie about galaxy's edge so here we go this is episode 259 of podcateers i'm digging your hat i love it I feel official. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been official. What are you talking about? (laughs) But it feels like a uniform. Like, it feels... I needed this. (laughs) No, I get that. I get that. Yesterday, when we were uh, at the park, which I want to talk to you about because... Galaxy's Edge is... Yeah. uh, Anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, I'm not a big t-shirt wearer outside of my house or or anything and mm-hmm. i kind of forced myself to wear uh one of the t-shirts because i own every podcateers t-shirt that that we've made so far right but i just don't normally you know wear them out in public and that's just that's more of a me thing and so yesterday i thought you know what i gotta i gotta show off the designs like i love these and so i was wearing the the podcateers club shirt yesterday in the park but obviously i had something over it right and like people were looking at it and, and there was at least one person that gave me the too sweet. And I was like, oh, they recognize nice. the original version of that one. That's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> I was like, well, I, at least I felt a little vindicated that somebody actually understood what it was from. So, uh, okay. So, I mean, I guess let's jump into it. Sure. Uh, we're going to have to get Gavin's thoughts next week, obviously, because, you know, he's busy doing stuff today. But mm-hmm. You've had a chance now to visit Galaxy's Edge twice. You were there on opening day. And by the way, you rocked it on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you so much for posting all those videos. 
I was enjoying watching them as much as I think other people were enjoying watching them. Plus, just the excitement that was there. I mean, tell us how it all went down, like how they corralled you and like what the experience was like just getting there. Um, well, first off, thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was awesome. Trying to share the moment with everybody. Getting there, I was really worried about traffic. And there was no traffic. There was nobody to the parks. It was actually really, really easy. And getting to the launch bay, because that's where you have to register to get things started. You get your band. Everything went so seamlessly. And I cannot stress how... Disney just gets the highest honors, the highest compliments, because everything was so smooth. They did tell you, you know, you're going to go to Hungry Bear and you're going to wait around that area. Like, you know, about an hour before you want to get to that area. We get there and the cast members are just perfect. They're keeping the walkway clear. There wasn't a big crowd. Everybody was calm. And if you guys saw my the um, the live streams, I was really nervous, really anxious. Thankfully, those who I was there with, they really helped calm me down. Also, I, sh- I have to say shout out. Thank you, Scott, Disneyland nurse. You were awesome. He's the one that made that magic moment for me. Right on. And Woo-hoo, him, yeah, Scott. <laughs> right. Fatima helped me with my anxiety <laughs> big time with the fan and Carla just amazing people um so when we got to the point it was about maybe 30 minutes that they were like okay we're gonna go ahead and start walking show your wristbands not a problem keep going get them scanned once keep going I want to say we waited about 20 25 minutes Mm-hmm. Uh, in between everything and trying to get into Galaxy's Edge. And um, once we're there, you know, we have cast members on the side and they're talking to us, letting us know, you know, there's a line, there's a side um, walkway so that the guests who were there previously could exit. And um, just the crowd, you could feel like the energy. No one's impatient which was fantastic everybody was chill everybody was patient we were all excited and then we see josh tomorrow on the side what oh (laughs) my gosh sweet person very kind all we could do is say thank you i mean that was it he was so excited like i said very kind the president of the Disneyland Resort asked us if we wanted a countdown. What? <laughs> uh, I would have been like, yes. Well, of course we said yes. And so he asked the family in front as well, because we were kind of like together in the same space. And then he grabs the family in front of us and they do the countdown for our group. It was awesome. And the moment we just step in, everyone's walking. No one is running. Is just calm it wasn't even chaotic this was amazing for opening day i feared the worst i feared there was going to be crowds this because we we kind of seen it sometimes yeah and this was just so well done yeah and yeah I, I get what you're saying about that, too, because it, it's funny. Our our experience was very similar to exactly what you're saying, like pretty much 
you know, down to the period, it's exactly how it went down for us. We went to Launch Bay. They checked us in. Mm-hmm. We checked in maybe about an hour before our visit yesterday. And we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? We have all this time to spare. So we're like, let's go ride Mansion. Yeah. And it's so funny because I remember when we first started talking about how chaotic it was going to be and the crazy crowds. Gavin uh, said, you know, I think what's going to happen is people are going to be so afraid of the opening that it's going to be completely empty in the parks. And we thought, no, you know, it's probably because people are going to want to get some pictures or try to like sneak a peek. It was so empty all weekend. I haven't seen the park that accessible in a long time. All the attractions, I think the longest wait was surprise, surprise for Peter Pan. And it was like 30 minutes to get on Peter Pan. (laughs) I could not believe it. You know, we're walking around. There's people with lightsabers and dressed up in Star Wars outfits. But yeah, I I was watching your live stream. and, And first of all, let me comment on Josh tomorrow because... As president of the resort, he seems to be so accessible on social media. He seems to be one of those people that isn't doing social media because he has to. I think he kind of gets it. Like, he understands how valuable it is and connecting with people. And I've been watching some of his streams. Like, he's got this, I forgot what it's called. It's like Josh's Corner or something. But he does these little vignettes and these things where he highlights cast members. And I thought... That's, Man, that's awesome. That's just super cool. Like this guy is out there, you know, just touting the resort that he runs. And I thought, man, this, this is a good dude to look up to. Yeah. So just, I mean, he's probably never going to hear this outside of Imagineering. But shout out to Josh DeMauro, president of Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, everything else, like you said, they, they brought us down the trail and everything. And I remember getting just midway from the Hungry Bear to where the actual entrance was. And you start hearing all the sounds yeah. and the TIE Fighters and the Wookiees and the droids. And and you just, there's a sense of, I'm not in Disneyland anymore. Right? <laughs> and and I, I just, I couldn't believe how that transition happened so quickly like you almost instantly forget yeah that you are at Disneyland it's one of the smoothest transitions yeah i i oh my god i just can't <laughs> even begin to describe it so okay so now you're waiting you're waiting for a countdown what happens next we actually we got a little surprise by chewy and he was on one of the photo ops and then he kind of came around. He didn't come into the crowd, but to see him, to what you just described with the sounds and everything was like, oh, my God, this is real. This is going to mm-hmm. happen. And you just like, just think, just talking about it right now is like, oh, my gosh, like I'm getting those feels again. Like, it's just so different. And you you become like just emotional because you're like, this is not just a new land this is history yeah this is something i mean are we going to see this again in our lifetime absolutely so it's just all of those emotions the new things the the senses and everything's just going haywire in your head (laughs) yeah and it's so funny that you mentioned that because 
You know, Walt Disney World has so much more space to work with that it's easy to build up Mm -hmm. Epcot and to a certain extent Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom and all these, you know, resorts that they have on the East Coast. And to a certain extent, all the parks around the world, except maybe Hong Kong, that one's pretty small. But you know, you don't see this very often, especially for Disneyland. Right. You'll see things move around. You'll see things change like we do at California Adventure. But this literally changed the footprint of what Disneyland has been for 60 plus years now. That big of a change just happened. Yeah. And it's official. Like it is it is now <laughs> the case for this land that we love. It's so cool. So yesterday... While I was in that corral, it really tripped me out to see the train cross that bridge. And you're like, whoa, this is a different angle. This is like, it just took me back a little bit thinking Mm -hmm. just a new sight, new experience. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You're talking from the train? No, no, no. From standing in the corral before Uh you're entering. Um, we were kind of like a little bit towards the back this time okay. around. So, oh, okay. So you saw the train pass by while you were standing there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because we rode the train, uh, not yesterday. We, we went a couple nights ago because remember I told you I wanted to film Mickey's Mix Magic yeah. and watch it. I finally got to see Yay! Mickey's Mix Magic. <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but. The day that I went, we decided to ride on the train because it was super empty. Like, it was literally walk on and wait until the next one came on. And we we rode around. But we could see beyond the trestle, behind the rivers of America, like, just a little bit of what Galaxy's Edge looked like. And all I could think to myself was, yeah, they're going to add more trees. They're going to hide that from here. <laughs> There's no way they're going to want you to see that from the train going forward. Right. And I totally get it because it is such an out-of-box experience for Disneyland. And it's it's not – like, how do I say this? It's, it's not even the fact that it's something new because we do get a chance to experience something new. But it's so next level. Yeah. Like, I remember we joked about this when we left. And we were like, man, you walk back into Disneyland, it's like – Man, Disneyland, you're basic. Like, you need to plus yourself up and (laughs) gussy yourself up because your own land just outdid you. And ah, so much to talk about. Okay, I'm sorry. Go, Just keep going. No, I totally ah, get it. I totally get it. I got that on Friday when I left through Hungry Bear. And I'm like, the first sounds I heard, I'm like, whoa, I totally forgot I was at Disneyland. Yeah. And you just, you don't. The best way to describe that is having two trains trying to merge and they can't into one lane. Kind of like they're about to crash and you're trying not to. <laughs> it's kind of chaotic. But you're trying to understand that and you're like, it. wait, what? Like, that's how yeah. good of an experience this is. Yeah. And especially the exit area that leads you right into Frontierland. Uh-huh. The one that's been blocked out for so long. It's crazy because... The side that we went out of was the one closest to Fantasyland, the one that has the stagecoach. Oh, okay. The, the one that has um, Walt Disney's initials on mm-hmm. it or the wet initials on it. And 
seriously, like the only thing that takes you out of the moment of knowing that you're on Batu and that you're exiting and re-entering Disneyland is the fact that you see that stagecoach. Ah. Like outside of everything else, the plants and everything just mesh in so well together that it's insane how well it blends. I got to exit through the middle opening. Oh, and okay. The one closest to Big Thunder. Yes. Okay. And that one seemed like at night, it seemed like it had a smoother transition. But the music okay. you hear a lot more. Oh, interesting. And it's just, it's, we were walking, we're like, oh my gosh, this is so, so good. It wasn't yeah. choppy. It wasn't like boom, boom, like you're in another land. It just, it was so good. Such a good transition there too as well. Yeah, there are some land transitions that do feel choppy like that because on one side you hear the music from one land yeah. and on the other you hear the music from the other land and there's a little bit of a clash in your head because you don't know, like, where am I exactly? You just know that you're in the middle of all this noise that's happening around you. But obviously the trees and the trail transitions help Batu a lot. Mm -hmm. But, uh, okay, so now you're in. Let's go back to what you were talking about. So now you're in photo ops with Chewy. What happens as soon as you walk in? Did you guys have the stick, by the way, that when they were telling you, like, about Oga's Cantina, that you had to follow the stick? Yes, I want to say yes. Okay. Um, a lot of that was a little bit of a blur because I was just looking at everything. Okay. And all I remember is just um, Scott was actually the one that just helped lead the way and I was just like okay I'm gonna just follow and just let's just figure this out and um but I do remember someone because we were towards the front half like kind of like where you guys were maybe a little bit back but um we were following and we were able to follow that cast member or the inhabitant I should say and from there we just got in line Okay. Yeah, when we were waiting, uh, we waited just about half an hour, just like you guys did mm -hmm. when we were up against the entrance, and we couldn't hear the inhabitants. They were telling us, you know, what to expect, what we should do, how to get to certain things, and everybody's like, we want to go to Ogus Cantina. That's what we want to do. And he was like, yeah, okay, you see this stick right here with this orange flag at the end? If you want to go to Ogus Cantina, you follow this stick named Cody. And obviously the, the cast member, the inhabitant, his name was Cody. Nice. So he said, follow him. If you run and beat the stick to the cantina, you are not in line. Nice. You must walk behind the stick. If you run, you will not be in line. I was like, whoa. Kudos. They were a little strict on that situation. And I thought that's a really great way to manage mm -hmm. how people are entering the land. So... I think uh, that's one thing that we were paying attention to because after your first experience and experiences from other people, everybody kept saying, look, you got to do the cantina first or at least put your name down and then go do other stuff. They'll text you or they'll contact you on your data pad <laughs> so that, you know, you can go in to experience the cantina. So, all right, cool. So now you're in. Scott was leading. What else is going on? From there, um... So we're waiting, and it took about maybe 35 minutes for the cantina, which isn't bad. I was expecting a whole lot more. 
And so that's when we have the stormtroopers come around. Uh, we get greeted by some of the inhabitants and they're talking to us. They told us about the Black Spire, which is that huge tree that's connected to Oga's Cantina. Ah, I didn't okay. know. And we're like, I didn't know that either. I was like, ooh, you know, I'm, I love details and learning new stuff. So that was really, really cool. And um, so afterwards we go inside for one, the music just from coming from the outside is amazing and exciting. Yes. Just the bass. I think that's like, that's what kind of sets everything up. It's all the music, all the sounds, the bass, hearing it, feeling it is like, Ooh, you just get goosebumps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. it. It was a really good experience. Our We waited just about an hour for our reservation to walk in, which still wasn't bad because it allowed us to walk around and kind of get a feel for everything. Mm -hmm. We rode Smuggler's Run at least once before we walked into the cantina, which was great. Which was funny because <laughs> when I saw you guys we saw you guys that was awesome i'm like we had to get your attention <laughs> i know i at first it was so funny because while i'm standing in line gavin was live streaming right? uh -huh. so okay so here's what happened i wanted to walk in there and i wanted to vlog the entire experience but my phone doesn't do all that great at night and so i thought okay well if there's some well-lit areas i'll try to take some videos so we can post and as it got later and later, I thought, oh, this is kind of going to be a nightmare to film. And it was. So I was able to get some videos of stuff inside certain locations that were better lit. Mm -hmm. uh, some stuff outside, but not a lot. And I figured, okay, I'm just going to try to enjoy myself. You know, we took the kids with us. And they were, like, their mind was just blown. <laughs> like, that, the first visual of the Millennium Falcon as we walked into that back area behind the cantina, like my kids just lost it. Aww. They were in a, like it was just unlike anything they've ever experienced. Yeah. So we go in and we're, and we're in line. And so Gavin's live streaming this thing. And I didn't, I, I had my phone in airplane mode because otherwise the alerts show up in the video, like the sounds show up while you're recording. Right. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to put it in airplane mode, and then he can live stream, and then we'll just kind of talk about stuff as it comes up. And then all of a sudden, I hear, hey, Zen, <laughs> hey, Zen. I'm like, who's calling me? <laughs> so I'm like looking around. I'm like, well, am I imagining stuff? Is this one of those like moments where it's like I, I'm in my own head? And then I hear, a bear, hey, Zen. And then I look up, and I see our friend Josh. <laughs> and then... I see you peek over. You're like, over here. It's like, oh, my God. At first, I thought I was going crazy for a second. And then I felt great that I wasn't. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we Gavin did a lot of the actual recording and streaming on his phone. But it was great because it did allow me to, to concentrate on trying to get some footage. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I put anything up, it's probably not going to be a full vlog's worth because, quite frankly, I just I couldn't do it. I was just so enamored by everything that I was looking at and then just having fun like with with the family and the kids. And Jill was there with mm -hmm. us 
And it's just, oh my God, she lost it when she saw Chewie, by the way. <laughs> it's like, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But we, uh, yeah, we rode the, the Falcon. We walked out. We, at that point, we were ready to go into the cantina. And the the drinks are pretty expensive. They are. I was not expecting them to be that expensive. There was only one drink that I actually wanted to get, with, which was the Cliff Dweller. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it only comes in the commemorative tiki mug, in the little porg tiki mug. Oh, boy. And it's, it's like a $35 drink because of the tiki mug. And I just thought, eh, it's okay. I don't want to drink that drink all that that much anyway. Yeah. So... We got a couple of the non-alcoholic things for the kids, and then Jill got something called a fuzzy tauntaun, <laughs> which it it has this this foam on top that literally begins to make your lips and tongue tingle before it makes it feel numb, and then it's just like, have you ever eaten lemon heads? Uh-huh. Okay, it feels like you have lemon heads on <gasps> your lips and your tongue for a few minutes. Oh, my God. Like, just that acidic, like, sourness. And it, it goes with the drink really well. But we had the, like, it. that's just the foam that's on top. Like, we literally <laughs> tasted it. And our instant reaction was like, oh, what is this? Ah, uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of a crazy experience. Gavin had, ah, oh man, what did he have? I don't even remember the name of the drink. But it looked like it was basically on fire um (laughs) there was one drink in there that i felt it it was one of the beers that they had on tap i felt like it was more of an homage to another alien that we've seen in a different universe named gamora oh i don't know if there's anything like that in the star wars universe because i'm just not as versed as most people are but it was called the gamorian ale and so i feel like it may have been like a little nod to to the marvel universe but if anybody can confirm that there's something in the star wars universe that goes by gamora or gamorian then let me know i'll correct it but yeah overall that cantina dj rex spinning in the background so awesome oh my gosh and the fact that he throw that he throws in little flashbacks of when he was a pilot is like amazing were you there in the cantina when everything went out, when the power goes out? No. Oh, my God. It's so cool. So we're sitting in the cantina for like six or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we hear, oh, no. Ah. And one guy's all like, don't worry. I got this. And he grabs a hammer and starts pounding <laughs> on this big metal thing right in the center of the cantina. And everybody's all like, go, 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 as he's like hammering it. And you hear the power go, and it like picks everything back up and everybody just goes nuts. Wow. And so I asked one of the bartenders, I said, you know what? How often do you have power outages here? And he says, I don't know. It seems like it's every few hours for some reason. (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. So if you're there, it, I mean, right now it's obviously in 45-minute increments. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the case once they actually open it to the public. But if you happen to be there during one of those cycles, it's just fun to watch the little show about how they bang on that thing to get the power to get back up and rolling. 
Gosh, that is so cool. That kind of reminds me of uh, Trader Sam's. Yes. That is so yes, cool. Yes, it's a very similar show. But it's so funny because they take a full mallet and they just start banging <laughs> on this like power supply in the middle of the of the cantina. It was pretty cool. Wow. The one thing I oh, I really want that soundtrack though. Yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. Just the entire land soundtrack. It was one thing that I made a point to do. Mm-hmm. To just stand and listen because, you know, we had talked about how John Williams made the score and the the soundtrack to the land. Mm -hmm. I thought, how much different is this going to be than your average Star Wars score or soundtrack? Oh, man, it helps so much. Just the fact that if you stand around and you close your eyes and you listen to the ambient sounds of the land and you just you connect with it almost instantly because you open your eyes and you are there. It is just an uncanny feeling to know that you are inside of this brand new world. And it's, it's, I was trying to kind of stress this a little bit. I could talk about it. It may not make sense until you're in there and then you'll understand and you'll yeah. feel everything. That's why I kept saying, I wish I could just box this up and send it to everybody because it's oh, so different. And it's so difficult to kind of explain the feeling. And, you know, I know a lot of people have had the opportunity to go several times in the last, like, three or four days because uh, they, you know, they've had multiple reservations. Uh-huh. And so they've they've had an opportunity to go at least once, see everything, and then go again and start, you know, shooting pictures and blogging and all that other stuff. And I feel like I'm in the same spot because going in, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to film. You don't know what to show because there's just so much to see. Like Gavin and I were talking about it yesterday and he, like he said it perfectly, you get sensory overload. Yes. You know, from the visuals, from the, like the, the auditory, like the, the smells and the food and everything. It's just, you have a sensory overload. And I, I feel like this is going to be one of those areas that is not going to feel stale very soon. You know, I feel that there's a lot of things that sometimes go into the park that seem like a patch for something else, that seem like it was just a, an afterthought to try to alleviate, you know, congestion right. or something. But outside of the fact that this is a whole new land... This isn't something that I feel people are going to get tired of seeing anytime soon because there's just so much. The Disney Play app has so many experiences and games throughout the land that you can do. Um, There's uh, all the meet and greets. There's a new character that was part of uh, one of the new comics that was recently put out that's Star Wars canon. Her name is V. Moradi. Mm And she's she's got like blue hair and orange jacket. And if you happen to see her walking around Galaxy's Edge, go talk to her. Go experience the story and experience like the what she's going to put you through while you are there. Uh, the 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 inhabitants of Batu, they will play along with you yes. for a lot of the things that you do because they really want to keep you in that moment. And so I remember last night uh, we were talking about me taking pictures of different things right before we left. And when I saw Ray, 
I remember not asking her, and this is kind of how I was across the board with everybody. Like, I wouldn't ask them, can I take your picture? I would ask them, like, in a way that I felt like should be said on Batu. Like, I would ask them, like, may I gather a non-holographic image uh, of you? And they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> but of course. And so I would always try to come up with these, like, like quirky remarks or questions. And it worked. Like, it was just part of the experience. Uh, the the inhabitants that seem to be walking around with the with the image takers mm-hmm. um they were awesome the the card by the way that you get as part of photopass inside of batu when the, a cast member asks you i'm sorry do you have an image data card don't say yes that you already have yeah, you one, want one. Uh, like on your app you want one you want one it's one of the coolest little cards uh-huh. that you can get as a collectible in the land. Yeah. I I loved it. Like, I kind of knew about it going into it. So I said, uh, yeah, maybe I need two or three of those. Who knows? <laughs> and he says, yeah, I've heard that you can use them outside of, of our planet on other planets, like uh, one called Earth at this location named Disneyland. Yes. So you may be able to use it there as well. I think we have a connection with... Um, People around walking, I, I think they're called photographers <laughs> down at Disneyland. So they have something called photo pace. I was like, yeah, photo pace. That's exactly what it's <laughs> called. But they're so good they about are. it. They just, that's something I, I, I love. noticed too is they will not mention Disneyland. They no, won't. That, and that was that was the mention of it, that they're like, yeah, the, it's on this planet called Earth. Yeah. And we've heard about this place called Disneyland that you might be able to visit. And they talk about it as this, like, out of this world experience from where they are. And I thought, this is, I, they have me hook, line, and sinker right, right now. <laughs> That's something when, the first time I experienced that was, I had my purse. My purse had the, it's a Disneyland purse. So this is Disneyland all over. And one of the inhabitants was like exactly what you were saying, talking about it. And she goes, and I think that's the place. And she was pointing to my purse. And I was like, what? And I'm like, oh, oh, I got it. And I was just listening. And the people that she was, the guests, I should say, that she was talking to were so confused. And just listening to them is like, dang, this is just wow i know i know it's such an amazing experience i just i'm i feel so happy and and honored that i had an opportunity to get one of these reservations you know i I know Mm -hmm. they were pretty open to the public but uh i just you know when we talked about some of the issues people had and everything i i really truly feel you know blessed that we had the opportunity to go see it and you know, to get another opportunity to see it, you know, soon is is one that I'm looking forward to because ah, I'm telling you, I know what it's going to be like this summer once it's open to everybody. Right now, you know, we're seeing the calm before the storm. Yes. And we just like Gavin said, there was people that were just too afraid to go to the parks because of how congested they thought it was going to be and what they felt it was going to be like. But, man, the experience was just so worth it. I'm so glad that we got a chance to do it. 
Uh, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more next week when Gavin's back on so he can tell us about his experiences yeah. on there so we can kind of all compare. Uh, he was there with us last night, but we separated for a little bit because we wanted to do a couple different things. Like he wanted to keep riding the Falcon, which is <laughs> a, a, another thing that I think we can talk about for quite some time. Uh, but we ended up going to eat. Um, I'll, before I tell you about the food, you'll probably see some of the posts on Instagram before we talk about it next episode. Uh, but I'll leave it at this. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. So, um, yeah, uh, it was a, a wonderful experience. I think we should move on for today, and then we'll kind of talk about it with Gavin next week. Yeah, I mean, any closing thoughts before we move on uh, to our, our topic for this this week? I'm still trying to <laughs> process everything. I know, me too. <laughs> I think it's going to be some time before you kind of feel like you really got it. Yeah. Because I was looking back at some of the pictures that I took and I didn't get a chance to take many because I, I feel like I didn't even experience the whole thing. You know, everybody was saying, yeah, yeah, four hours, totally enough time, totally. And I felt like I needed another 12 <laughs> at least. You know, I didn't feel like I had enough time. And we didn't do a lot. We stayed on one half of the land. I know that Rise of the Resistance is on the opposite side, and that's not even open. But there's a lot of stuff to see. Yeah. And so a lot of people concentrated on being on the side of Smuggler's Run, but the side of the Falcon. <sighs> Just... Anyway, we need to move on. So... Uh, if you guys had a chance to experience Galaxy's Edge, join the conversation. Let us know what your experience was like and how you felt in the comment section of the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 259. You can also follow us and comment on any of our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to drop us a comment down in the comment section. And and while you're there, uh, hopefully you like what you're hearing and you hit that subscribe button and you ring that little bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted. Especially considering that as of this week, the launch week of this episode, we're finally caught up Yay! with uploading all the videos to the YouTube channel, which is something that I had not had a chance to do and put them together. So I'm so happy <laughs> that we're finally there. Uh, my biggest concern was that if we ended up posting any videos or, you know, any new stuff, that they would end up getting buried behind all the, all the old episodes. Yeah. You know, so I've really made an effort this last week to really start editing all of those and putting them together. So I'm happy to say that by the end of the week of the launch of this episode, we'll be fully caught up. All right. Including this episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, well, before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by the generosity of an awesome group of people that we like to call our podcast fairy godparents, but they like to call themselves the FGP Squad. If you want a little bit more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. There you will find a list of our current podcast fairy godparents, along with a link on how you can subscribe to be part of the FGP Squad. And oh, what, what's, what, do you hear that, Melissa? 
That's the sound of a new member to the FGP squad. So welcome to the FGP squad, Nicole. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the Podcateers family. Uh, if if you guys don't know, uh, members of the FGP squad do get access to special episodes that we post. Last week, we posted an extended talk on the Infinity Saga for Marvel. We talked about the MCU and kind of how we feel about how it wrapped up after a decade-long uh, movie arc or story arc. Um, we have a couple of other audio files that we post. We're going to be doing some special live streams coming forward. And plus you get a cool FGP button, you know, as part of the FGP squad for a minimum of $5 monthly. And we got some stickers and stuff. We're going to be giving away stuff to members of the FGP squad starting this month as a thank you for all of their support and helping produce these episodes of podcateers so to all of the members of the fgp squad again a huge thank you for your support and again more information on how you can become part of the fgp squad is available at podcateers.com fgp all right melissa i've been looking forward to this because there's so much that uh, that i've wanted to hear about entertainment in the parks, you know, next week we're going to be talking a little bit about parades. Yep. You know, I'm going to be talking about the history and, and some of the parades that we've seen that have been super successful and some that, well, have not <laughs> because they've they've been there. They've been not so successful. But again, this week we're going to concentrate on history of entertainment at the Disneyland Resort. So without further ado... Let's kick this off. Cool. Talking about entertainment, where do we start with entertainment? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so since 1955, Disneyland has seen many kinds of entertainment throughout the decades. We're going to take a stroll down memory lane by land, starting with Tomorrowland all the way down to Main Street. Unfortunately, Galaxy's Edge will be excluded for now. Wink, wink. From fireworks to parades, every single one of us has a fond memory of a show or entertainer. There is so much to talk about in a short amount of time. As we turn to the right of the hub and continue on down, we would see a concert stage that's out of this world. It has been the location for many memorable shows, such as the Jedi Training Academy, which is now the Jedi Training Trials of the Temple, back to when the first few live cover bands, such as Sunshine Balloon, to today's more modern cover bands like the 80s All-Stars and Suburban Legends, to name a few. Have you been lucky enough to meet any of Tomorrowland's cosmic citizens? Citizens? Yeah, Tomorrowland has had its share of citizens. Let's start with the very first ones. And I'm talking about Spaceman and Space Girl. Yeah. You would meet them when the land first opened. They were around for a few decades, and they would greet guests and talk about the futuristic world. Tomorrowland also had mermaids in the lagoon in the early years of Disneyland's opening. They were so popular, and they came back in 1965, but both times they were short-lived due to the chemicals in the water putting a damper on their hair. Poor girls, they had their pretty locks turned into seaweed, not technically, but in a colorful sense. <laughs> it ain't easy being green. And that was for Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
A few decades later, we meet Push, the talking trash can. Push was the talking trash can that would interact with guests, and it was so much fun. Push was very sassy, witty, truly unique, and so hilarious at the same time. Every interaction was pretty much one-on-one, -on -one, even in a crowd. This made this character meeting so special. Now, of course, we can't talk about Tomorrowland and forget about the Stormtroopers. As of a few years ago, Stormtroopers arrived in Tomorrowland and would interact with guests. At times, they could be intimidating, but not as intimidating while marching alongside Captain Phasma as the First Order. Mm -hmm. So, let's take a walk around Matterhorn and right over to Fantasyland where we're greeted with both the Mad Hatter and Alice in a teacup going mad in the middle of the Mad Tea Party. It's a real treat to see them from time to time just having a ball in the middle of all those spinning teacups. Right around the corner in front of King Arthur's carousel, we see the Sword in the Stone. This was once involved in the Sword in the Stone show and it was totally magical. I had the I had the chance to briefly see it, and it was great. In the show, there's fanfare as the announcement is made that they're looking for a new ruler. Merlin is trying to take control of the show, but fanfare keeps interrupting him. Then, he's looking for that one new ruler with this tuning fork device. And in Merlin fashion, he's looking mighty silly, but that's him, right? If you were lucky, you got to pull the sword from the stone and you got to pull it like nearly a foot high. And with fanfare, it announced its newest king or queen with a medallion and a proclamation scroll to take home. This was definitely one of the most memorable shows then. Don't worry, we're bringing it back. Especially after our last armchair imaginary episode. <laughs> Remember, I'm bringing that show back. I, right? Please. So we're going to have fights with villains. <laughs> On the carousel today, you can see the pearly band play their instruments while riding around. The princesses going around as well. And sometimes you could catch Mary and Bert taking a ride themselves. It's truly a sight to see. Now... Before Fantasyland Theater was around, it was Videopolis. What is Videopolis? Well, before Glowfest, Electronica, Matty Party, and Freeze the Night, there was Videopolis. Yeah. For over 11 years, this place was transformed into a dance area for teenagers with 70, yes, 70 monitors all around, including a 5,000 square foot dance floor. You had dancers on the stage while you danced the night away on the main floor. During the day, they had production shows that ran such as One Man's Dream. Then at night, the dancing begun. Fun fact, Oingo Boingo did play there on Grand Night with, of course, Danny Elfman, who is a Disney legend circle moment here shut up when it was in the 1980s what yes that is so cool <laughs> i didn't know that really yeah Sweet. that's awesome <laughs> all right time for some western frontier fun in its early years 
frontier land stretch all the way down to Critter Country. This is where they had the Indian village, and in the village, guests got to experience a ceremonial dance circle with the authentic dancers. You were also able to meet Chief Whitehorse, who was a fluent speaker in his language of his tribe, but told many stories of history and traditions. You could even watch beautiful works of art happen in front of your very eyes with the weaving demonstrations. The Indian village was around for 16 years. On the other side, at the Golden Horseshoe, many shows have come and gone. Throughout the decades, we have seen many fun acts with Slew Foot Sue's Review, Golden Horseshoe's Jamboree Show, Billy Hill and the Hillbillies, Aww. <laughs> to Frontierland, the little town that could with the Laughingstock Company. You may have seen them with the mayor of Frontierland trying to find a husband for his lovely daughter, Sally Mae. Just one of the many, many acts from them. In 2012, for a few months, guests were able to relive what the original review had to offer in his heyday with a salute to the Golden Horseshoe Review with a few of the original numbers and can-can dancers. The saloon had many darn tooting good times with musical talents. Almost all the musical talents were just as equally funny and so good. Right outside the Pioneer Mercantile, you may have seen Emmett Farley the Fiddler. He would play his fiddle and have some of the best dad jokes to share. I have had the luck of meeting Farley, very sweet guy who made everyone so special, no matter how many times you met him. Yeah, I always wanted one of those I Met Farley stickers, and I never got one. Aww. Yeah. I may have an extra one around. Ooh, nice. <laughs> As we continue our journey into the bayou and the beautiful rivers of America, this land's own entertainment has just grown in the past few years. From live bands to a group of singing pirates called the Bootstrappers, we get a rich mix of flavor here. Talking about pirates, just a, you know, a good number of years ago, Jack Sparrow made his debut at Disneyland and guests were able to meet him as he stumbles his way around the area. Just recently, another pirate has just joined the ranks of Sparrow and that is Red. Mm -hmm. Red the pirate arrives from the Caribbean with many stories to tell. I for one think she's a real treasure to seek. Definitely take a moment to speak to her or Jack if you have the chance. Maybe one of them can tell us where the rum has gone. You know what also happens on the rivers of America at night? Phantasmic! Yeah! <laughs> For over two decades, this nighttime show has been giving guests a look into Mickey's imagination. From Peter Pan to the evil queen summoning the, ma the magic mirror, this nighttime show captured our hearts. Fast forward to today. We have a revamped Fantasmic Rapunzel, Jack Sparrow on the Black Pearl, and a full-on dragon transformation with fire. Fire just makes everything better, and we get more of it this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally saw the one you were talking about, by the way, with the really? projections on it. Yeah. Nice. This weekend, after Mix Magic, I had a chance to go see it, and it is so good. Right? It's really, really well done. To top it off, the finale is just as great. 
lots of pyro, colorful lights, lasers, and the Mark Twain full of Disney characters as well as some Toy Story friends on the very top. But nothing beats the moment the lights turn on and we see none other than Mickey as Steamboat Willie at the helm. Just reading that, I'm like, I just want to see Fantasmic again. I know. <laughs> this entire land does transform during the holidays, just like the seasonal flair on Main Street, but this land actually gets more. You get to celebrate Mardi Gras, Halloween time, and the holidays. During Mardi Gras, you get to experience it all here and all throughout Royal Street. With the jazz music and the Jambalaya Jazz Band to the Royal Street Bachelors, it's a real treat when Princess Tiana makes an appearance. And yes, the Shadow Man himself may come out from the lurking areas from time to time. He's quite the character, but don't ever mention Mama Odie or he'll just run back into the shadows. Talking about villains, during Halloween time, the Rivers of America turns into an eerie sight with fog during Mickey's Halloween party. This is where we get to see the cadaver dance yes. on a raft, singing the most ghoulish songs we all, grow, we all know and love. Yes. <laughs> and sad fact, I've never seen them. What? I know. I missed them the last time. We don't get a chance to go to those events all that uh -huh. often, but the ones that we have had a chance to go to, like, I make it a point to go see them. I've tried, and I kid you not, I've had the worst luck. So I, I rely on videos, like the one on Podcateer's YouTube channel, because yes. Yeah. If you've never seen them, they're quite the treat. I will put a video of the last time that we had a chance to see them in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com yes. slash 259 to check that out. So that we could all see it together. Yes. <laughs> so during the holidays, this area becomes a winter wonderland along with the rivers of America. The snow, the most amazing gingerbread snope slash snow happens during the fireworks. And it is so, so cool. And And by the way... They must not have any other scent for that snow because <laughs> even during Mickey Smix magic, <laughs> when, when you get to that let it go scene, I didn't know that Elsa's uh, ice, the, the snowstorm that she creates, smelled like gingerbread. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so deep in the jungle lies many adventures in entertainment. Before Aladdin's Oasis, it was the Tahitian Terrace. This was a restaurant, but it was also filled with native Polynesian dancers and a band who entered the show through a waterfall curtain to bring the sounds of the islands. You also saw fire dancers and fire walkers doing some pretty daring stunts. Think of it as a luau and a show. The show actually ran for 30 years before it closed, changing into Aladdin's Oasis. Aladdin's Oasis was a dinner show that was actually short-lived and became just a storytelling show through Aladdin and Jasmine's eyes. The main focal piece was the Cave of Wonders on the stage. The show lasted nearly a decade until an archaeologist took over. And in 2008, Adventureland celebrated Indiana Jones and the Summer of Hidden Mysteries. 
This was a personal favorite of mine. As you know, I love all things Indiana Jones. In this show, you would see Indy roaming around Adventureland, and he would fight these bandits. And these fights, they would take over everywhere. You know, on the main floor, in Tarzan's treehouse, over the top level of the Jungle Cruise. I mean, everywhere. And that was so cool. Because you don't see fights at Disneyland, but to see this happen and it's Indiana Jones was just so awesome. Inside Atlanta's Oasis, guests were able to watch Secret of the Stone Tiger show, where a female archaeologist tries to find the the golden tiger idol with clues left by Indy's journal. Throughout the show, you do hear John Williams' wonderful score, which adds to it. There's snakes and artifacts and things that definitely belong in a museum. But the best twist is that the female just really wants the idol for herself. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar? If you guessed Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you are correct. The ending is perfect because Indy says he's got a map to an ancient temple of the god Mara. As this is happening, he's about to climb up the ladder, and as he's doing this, the buildup of the Raiders' March is just happening, and it gets louder, and it's just like, you just want to go on Indy after that. <laughs> I'm sure that if they brought that back, you you wouldn't be angry. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we are now in the heart of all entertainment, Main Street, USA. We have seen just about everything in this land from parades to fireworks this is just about where all the memories are made during the day if you happen to be in the area sometimes you'll see the dapper dance singing a few tunes since 1957 the dapper dance have been a staple and you could say one of the most beloved entertainers they're totally a treat and as of a few years back, the Dapper Dance did change up their songs when they sang. <laughs> I still get a kick out of that. <laughs> just thinking back on it and just Backstreet Boys and NSYNC songs coming out of the Dapper Dance is just crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? Because technically they are a boy band. They are. <laughs> yeah. And to hear that at Disneyland, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> If you ever get the chance, definitely make some time to see them. They are wonderful. With the Dapper Dance, Main Street USA has had many other live bands perform, such as the Pearly Band, the Straw Hatters, Saxophone Quartets, the All-American College Band, and the Disneyland Band, as well as many others. The Disneyland Band has been a band that's been around since opening day. Since the 60th anniversary, the Disneyland band became a new band that travels to every land and plays songs or music from that particular land. Every day you could see the Disneyland band marching all the way down to Town Square, whether it's with the Fab Five or for the flag retreat. One of the biggest things Main Street does is to celebrate holidays. With one of their biggest productions during the holidays is the Candlelight Processional. This holiday stems back as far as 1958 
with multiple choirs, including Disneyland's own cast members. This show is dramatic, beautiful, and something to truly try to see once in your lifetime. Still on my bucket list, by the way. We're going to make that happen this year. I hope so. I, like, <laughs> it's, it's seriously on my bucket list to watch the, the candlelight processional. At night, we often look to the skies and whether we see Tinkerbell flying across the sky over the castle, Dumble flying over to the tune of Baby Mine, or Zero accompanying Jack as he brings all the screams. Almost every nighttime spectacular ends the Disney day right. From fantasy in the sky, remember dreams come true, magical Halloween screams, believe in holiday magic, and Disneyland forever. It is the best kiss goodnight after a magical day at the happiest place on earth. And I'm trying to not get emotional because every time I read that, it's like it just hits you. Because that is... It's quintessential Disneyland. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, I'm telling you, I, I know I've mentioned it before, but like believe in holiday magic. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, I start bawling like a baby. It's just I, I can't handle it. Like I felt like that during Disneyland Forever. And now that it's coming back, I just keep thinking like, oh, no, here it comes. It's not right? going to happen again. <laughs> and that is our talk for entertainment. That's that's such a good trip around the park. It was fun. It was totally fun. And you know you're right. The everything does happen on Main Street, including like some entertainment things that you would never think you would see. Like remember back in 2004 when they did Swimming with the Stars yes. and all of Main Street was a giant Olympic-sized swimming pool? Uh-huh. Like it's just insane to me that down the middle of the street, you just have a giant swimming pool. Right? It's seen so many changes. It's seen so many shows. And I feel like this is only the beginning. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. uh, although there's a lot of things at Disneyland that feel like legacy acts, like the Dapper Dans and the Disneyland Band. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like they're really making an effort to change up a lot of that and bring new stuff in like they did with the college, with the All-American uh, College Band. And I think it's really Disney's effort to not keep things stale for people. Even when they do, like, for one month only, come experience this thing from the past. Like, that's been one of the coolest things that they've been doing recently. Like, they just brought back Soarin' Over California. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're bringing back Disneyland Forever, you know, for a month. And it's nice because if you didn't get a chance to see them before or you enjoyed them so much that you get a chance to see them again, it is a reminder of some of the things that pulled you into the park to begin with. Right. You know, and some of the things that keep you in the park. You know, because regardless of where you're experiencing the magic, whether it's in one of the initial lands that spoke from the hub or Batu, you right. know, Disneyland magic is everywhere. And it doesn't always come in the form of Mickey Mouse. You know, and I think that's what we can take from this, that regardless of the entertainment that you see around the park, it's not always in the form of a mouse. But yet it's still entertaining and it's still magical and it still keeps you coming back for more. Definitely does. When so. the review came back, I mean, I tried my best to go see it and I got to see it. 
And I got to see it in its glorious state of how they had it when they opened. I That's mean, awesome. Of course, I wasn't alive when it opened. <laughs> yeah. So I got to see it. And I mean, just to bring back and have let people like you just mentioned, having people experience it. I mean, that's awesome. I, Man, now you got a question. Oh, just, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking about what you were talking about, all the, the review and, and everything in Frontierland. And, and then you started talking about Sally Mae. I was like, ah, Sally Mae McGillicuddy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That was, like I said, a really awesome trip around all of the lands, uh, telling us about the entertainment. We're going to have to do that again for DCA at some point because yeah. we've seen a lot of cool shows at DCA. Obviously, it doesn't have the legacy that Disneyland does, but in the time frame that DCA has been open, there has been a lot of really cool stuff that comes out of it or that has come out of it. Mm -hmm. And some of it, which is actually still there in some cases, just maybe tweaked a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to jot that down and make it a future episode topic as well. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode for this week. Uh, again, if there's any show that we maybe didn't mention or one that you particularly liked, make sure to join the conversation over in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 259. You can also find us on any of the social networks like Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcasters. And again, tell us what your favorite show is. Tell us uh, what maybe even what the first show that you remember seeing Ooh. is. How about that? Because I know we all have different times that we've gone to the parks, but what's the first show that truly stands out as a Disneyland memory for you? I think that's always interesting to hear, and we'll yeah. share that in an upcoming episode. Oh, I can't wait for the answers. <laughs> I know. I know. We should actually post it in an Instagram story after the episode launches as well, and then we can gather some of those answers so we could talk about them in an episode coming up too. I think that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, also, before we let you guys go, if you guys shop on Amazon, quick reminder that anytime that you need to purchase something on Amazon, a great way to help out the podcast is by starting off that journey by going to podcasters.com slash Amazon before your purchase. Click it on the big Amazon button that you see on that page. It'll take you to Amazon using our special referral link. And anything that you buy may earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because you went through our link and we mentioned them on this podcast. And to all of you that are already taking a few extra seconds to help us out by going to our link first before your purchase, we just want to say thank you for that added support. Uh... I feel like I need to go back to Disneyland and just yeah. enjoy the fact that it's not super packed right now. Right. Uh, but I do have to edit. I do have to edit a bunch of pictures. I need to look through the footage that I got to see if anything is usable. And hopefully I could piece something together. If not, you know, the next time that we go, I'll definitely try to put something together for the YouTube channel. But... Yeah, again, thank you so much for live streaming and showing all of that on the first day of the opening of Galaxy's Edge. It's not going to be the last time that we go, obviously, so we're going to have a lot of other memories to share. And if you guys have any questions, hit us up. We'll be happy to answer as best as we can. And, oh, 
but... quick announcement to everybody. There, I've been working a lot behind the scenes on trying to get some live streams going. It was something that we had talked about before. I like Gavin had brought it up and we discussed it. And I just thought, I don't know if people are going to like live streams. But you know what? I got bitten by the bug after the <laughs> Facebook stream. And so I thought, you know what? Let's do it. If one or two people are able to join us to just hang out and talk and ask questions, we'll do a short live stream, you yeah. know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. I don't know how long these normally go for. But if it works out, we can make it either a monthly thing or twice a month or whatever it happens to turn into. And if it gets popular enough, maybe weekly. I don't know. I don't know how these things work. But I'm super excited. I've been working on all of our streaming graphics and everything. <laughs> and I, I hope you guys like them. We're going to be doing a couple of test streams very soon. So keep an eye out for that on Instagram and Twitter, especially. Primarily Instagram. I think that's where we're going to shout it out first. And if you happen to be listening or happen to be available, we'd love for you to jump on the test stream don't expect anything glorious and glamorous because it's going to be our first time so if i look like i'm totally lost trying to get things working <laughs> it's probably because i am be kind and, to us. <laughs> and there's there's just so much that you can do like in the privacy of a non-public stream to try to get things working that you can't do until you actually go live because youtube just is restrictive like that and i totally get it so we're going to be testing the chat feature on youtube live and all that stuff and if it functions we'll bleed it over into facebook and uh you know i think uh, we're going to start doing more live stuff on instagram obviously so stay tuned for that the announcement for our first test stream is going to be coming up soon and if you guys are able to help us out and join that would be awesome i'm totally looking forward to this and totally screwing that up because that's just how things work the first time you go out the gate so if things go well i'm just gonna be happy that they did so hey at least we did it at least we did it right <laughs> so that's what i'm excited about i think it's just something new that you know we've talked about doing in the past and then now we're finally at the point where it's gonna launch and it, it's good it's i'm really happy about this so Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.